Thank you for joining us today on the Truckers Following Christ podcast. My name is Pastor Steve. I am your host and guide for the journey that we are on in studying God's Word. And uh, today and for uh, the foreseeable future, uh, the episodes are going to be covering subjects related to the end times. And uh, I've been asking the Lord on where he wants me to start teaching, and he's led me to Matthew chapter 25. Now, uh, if you are a student of prophecy uh, or interested in the end times, you have probably read Matthew chapter 24, which is Jesus's most extensive teaching that he gave the disciples on the end times. And uh, if you remember in one of my previous podcasts, I mentioned that uh, in the original there were no chapter divisions. So the Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 is one teaching that Jesus gave. And uh, he explains in Matthew 24 the specifics of uh, the events surrounding his return. And in 25, he gives parables likening his return and the uh, events leading up to it, as well as what will happen at the judgment. He likens those in parables that he gives. And that's where we're going to start off. Um, The reason that I'm starting here, and I believe the reason that the Lord led me to this, is because uh, it is very easy when we think of the end times to get distracted by the events and forget what we are supposed to be doing throughout all of this. And uh, Matthew 25, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, which is the first 13 verses of that chapter, Uh, help us to see what we should be doing in preparation for Christ's coming. So I'm going to read chapter 25 verses 1 through 13 in its entirety and then I will break it down as we uh, begin this study. So I'm reading out of the New King James Version, Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, that first verse says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, what is a virgin? We think of a virgin most of the time just in context of sexual relations. And the word virgin actually has so much more meaning. It has to do with abstaining from all uncleanness, abstaining from even idolatry, keeping themselves chaste. The lamps and the, uh, the, the lamps that are depicted here are oil lamps. Uh, you may have an oil lamp at home. Uh, it is very uh, pretty to watch burn. Uh, we have two of them, and we run into a problem. Uh, we do not have any refills for the oil, and that is what this uh, parable uh, talks about, is making sure that you have enough oil for the lamp. The oil lamp that we have is completely useless without oil to, to burn. There's no flame that can happen. It just burns the wick and it doesn't sustain the flame. So all ten of these virgins took their lamps to go out and meet the bridegroom. But he was delaying, and there's a reason why the Lord is delaying. The reason is he is maturing his church. He's maturing us and readying us for the union with him. You know, in Revelation it says that the bride has made herself ready. It also talks about uh, in uh, one of Paul's letters that the, uh, the person who marries should be married and equally yoked. Now, God, as I mentioned in the last podcast, is 100% in agreement with his word. He keeps his promises. So when he says that he is looking for an equally yoked bride, that means there's a lot of maturing that needs to take place in the church because currently the church is nowhere near being equally yoked. We are in the process of maturing. All born-again believers in Jesus Christ are as virgins before God because of Jesus' righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, uh, it, it teaches on this, in both in chapter 5 as well as in chapter 11. In verse 11, it says, I betrothed you to one husband, and, and he's presenting us as a chaste virgin to Christ. So, uh, virgins in Scripture talk about the church. Each of these virgins had a lamp. Now, in Scripture, a lamp is uh, oftentimes spoken of in reference to the ministry through which God's light is brought to others. There's numerous passages in Matthew 5 and Revelation 1 and 2 and 11, Zechariah 4, Isaiah 62, John 5. All these passages talk about the lamp uh, 
of ministry that brings God's light to others. Uh, Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see and glorify your Father. So these are ministries who went out to meet or to encounter Jesus as the bridegroom God. That's who he is. The oil that is spoken of is an oil of intimacy. It speaks of our personal relationship, our reality with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he uh, tenderizes our heart to feel more of God's love. He increases the revelation of Jesus to our heart. Uh, He places a zeal in us for righteousness and gives us our spiritual identity. Uh, We need a revelation of who we are as sons of God before the Father. And so um, these ministries, they they went out to meet, uh, to encounter Jesus, and the oil that is mentioned is the oil of intimacy, the oil of relationship with him. Now it says, out of these ten, five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Now, Scripture defines wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Uh, A good definition to keep in mind for that is that everything you do matters to God. He sees what we do. He remembers what we do. He even writes down the things that we do. So those who are wise understand who God is. They have a healthy fear of the Lord. Nowadays in this uh, pandemic that uh, we find ourselves in and all of the consequences that have uh, befallen us, There is a lot of fear. There's a lot of uh, uh, anger and um, the outworking uh, that we see in so many ways is people afraid of the future and of what is to come. The fear of the Lord is an understanding of who God is, who, what his position is, and what our relationship is to him as sons and daughters uh, and as brothers and sisters. So uh, the wise, they had wisdom because of their relationship with the Lord, understanding who he is in their life. Now, the foolish, that's an interesting Greek word that is used there. It's moros, from which we get the English word moron. (laughs) Now, uh, it is not just foolish, uh, the the English uh, translation, but it also talks about godlessness. Now, it's an oxymoron to have a born-again believer that functions in godlessness. But we see it over and over again. There are so many uh, believers that call themselves followers of Christ, but they are not. They're just living their own lives completely uh, oblivious to what a righteous life should look like. We call them hypocrites. 
Verse 3 says, Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So they pursued ministry as their priority. They took their lamp, but they did not spend time getting the oil, the the relationship that sustains the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they pursued that intimacy with Christ, that relationship. That was their priority before ministry. They understood that their lamp, their light, can only burn if they have the oil of relationship in the vessel to sustain that lamp. Verse 4, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now it's interesting, all ten of them slumbered and slept. They became complacent because the bridegroom was delaying. Now again, the reason he's delaying is because he is maturing his church. To slumber, the word that is used there, uh, means to become careless. The church in the West uh, is mostly asleep, but it's divided into those who have a vessel to draw from, a relationship to draw from, and those who are completely wasting their time because they have no oil to begin with. Scripture says, do not grow weary of doing good. The other word that's used in that, uh, in that verse is they slept. Now, this is a metaphor in the Greek for yielding to sloth and sin, to being indifferent to one's salvation. So this is a very dangerous thing when the church uh, is sidetracked from what we are to be doing. And we're going to get to what Jesus says that we should do in preparation for his return. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. So at midnight, um, there are uh, a lot of signs certainly pointing towards us getting very close to that midnight hour. Uh, We will be talking about those signs uh, in coming episodes. Uh, But at midnight there was a cry that went out that the bridegroom is coming. Those watching and praying, those looking for the signs, are the ones who will be ready when that cry comes. All those virgins, it says in verse 7, arose and trimmed their lamps. They heard the cry. They arose from their sleep. Now it's interesting that they trimmed their lamps. This is uh, a, a concept that we don't very well understand in our world today because we don't have lamp trimmers uh, that go around trimming the the street lamps. Uh, My parents, they grew up in a generation 
uh, where they had lamp trimmers and they saw the job that the lamp trimmer did. Uh, the skilled part of being a lamp trimmer was the ability to trim a wick in such a way that it would burn evenly. Now think about that. Uh, a lot of people, they get uh, uh, all on fire for Jesus and it only lasts a very short time because oftentimes they see the hypocrisy in the church and they, uh, or they get told to quiet it down. But the key issue to trimming your lamp is to making sure that there's no hot spots when it burns, that it is trimmed so it would burn evenly, that the, uh, the flame would not be dim and smoky, but it would be uh, properly uh, lit so that it would burn clean and all the way up to the, the highest flame that it can make. So they trimmed their lamps. They put their uh, things in proper order and they were approaching the bridegroom. Now the, the foolish, they noticed something. They trimmed their wick, but they realized there's no oil in the vessel. So the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. The foolish recognized their mistake. They had neglected getting the oil of intimacy. Their spiritual preparedness uh, was not there. And, and spiritual preparedness is not transferable. The wise, they answered, and they said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So the, the wise, they refused uh, ministry opportunities because uh, they knew the relationship was what they needed to invest in. So they had done that. They had invested in their relationship with the Lord instead of prioritizing the ministry opportunities. They had enough spiritual maturity and preparedness in their vessel to, to keep their light burning. God has an ordained process of how we acquire this oil of intimacy. Uh, Jesus counsels in Revelation 3.18 to buy gold. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. So there is a, a prioritizing of the relationship with Christ over ministry. Many ministry lamps are going to go out because they're not able to feed the heart of God's people. The influence of God in the lives of those foolish ones was suppressed. It was quenched. Their flame was going out. The wise say that there will not be enough. If we give you some of our relationship, then our strength will fail. We won't have enough to sustain us. We won't be able to defend ourselves. We won't be able to ward off evil. We won't be able to contend 
or uh, be satisfied. In verse 10 it says, While they went to buy, these are the foolish ones that are going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. So while they went to buy, uh, they were trying to essentially redeem the wasted time. Uh, I've noticed, even in my own life, that there are seasons where I realize that I am not uh, in a close intimate relationship with the Lord uh, and I need to reprioritize and uh, it, it is a very uncomfortable place to be when you realize that you are not as prepared as you thought you were or wanted to be. It's easy to waste time. It's very easy to waste time. But the right thing is to make a choice to invest in the relationship with the Lord. Verse 11, Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Now, I want you to understand something. These ten virgins, they are all, uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, the church. They are saved believers. What Jesus is saying here is not the same as what he says in other passages of Scripture. This is not a reference to their salvation. In Matthew 7, verse 23... Jesus says, I never knew you, when he's talking to the accursed. Uh, in Matthew 24, 48, um, he refers to the accursed as evil. In 25, 26 of Matthew, he, says, he calls them wicked and lazy. Uh, or in verse 41 of that chapter, cursed. So he does not reference any of those descriptors with these foolish virgins. He just references that he is not allowing them in to that part of the wedding celebration. Now, in ancient Jewish custom, um, the wedding took place, the celebration took place over a course of several nights. Uh, If it was a wealthy family, it would ideally be seven nights. Uh, Each night had a different purpose, a different angle to the celebration, if you want. And those who were closest to the couple, uh, those were the ones who were invited in on the first night and subsequently each of the following nights. So these uh, foolish virgins, they are losing out on the celebration They're losing out on different aspects of what the Spirit is going to be releasing in the end times. We have numerous passages that talk about the releasing of the Spirit's power in the church uh, throughout the end times. Joel chapter 2 is a a great example of the, uh, the releasing of the Spirit, and Peter references that in Acts. 
Um, but the wedding supper of the lamb is what is the finale. It's the, uh, the, the, the end of his coming. Uh, when we are with him and we are celebrating the union with him. We need to be wise virgins, ones who have a relationship with the Lord that we can sustain throughout the difficult times. Uh, We want our lamp to keep burning. And so investing in that relationship is the only way for that to happen. The essential point in this parable is that the foolish virgins are needlessly missing out on that first night of the wedding celebration, on the, uh, the, the releasing of the Spirit in their lives to a, a greater degree. Uh, many ministries will miss out on uh, the revival wedding celebration activities that are going to be coming. There are some things that we cannot borrow. Uh, God has an order that he has established of how things function. No one can acquire that oil of intimacy for anybody else. It is a personal thing. Spiritual preparedness for what is to come is not transferable. We have to invest in that personally. We can essentially be too late in preparing and missing out on significant opportunities in God that we won't be able to regain. Those closed doors, those opportunities to encounter the Holy Spirit and His end-time purposes, uh, those need to be prepared for. We need to be watchful. In fact, that's what, how Jesus closes out this parable. He says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. His emphasis here isn't on the, uh, the, the hour and the day. His emphasis is on you don't know how soon this is going to take place. So you need to watch and be prepared. Being watchful uh, is, is to take action. We need to spend significant time with the Lord to know his voice, to understand his culture. You know, when he teaches on the, the kingdom, he's teaching us the culture of his kingdom. Jesus gives us an advice in this chapter, in particular this, this parable, to develop a heart connection with the Holy Spirit. To watch, as he says, watch therefore. To watch is to establish a lifestyle of encountering Jesus. I want to help you on this journey. We're going to be delving into that. We'll be talking about how to be prepared. But I encourage you, read Matthew 24 and 25 together as one. And... uh, Ask the Lord to speak directly to you on how you need to prepare for his coming so that your oil lamp has a filled up reservoir from which the flame can burn evenly. Thank you for listening. 
and uh, look forward to the next episode. Uh, you're welcome to comment on Facebook, and uh, we will catch you next time. God bless.